Today's guest is the founder and CEO of Zini App. Zini App is an AI-based decentralized online travel portal, allowing users to build itineraries on a single page with real-time pricing and availability. You can add flights, hotels, car rentals, and experiences by simply dragging and dropping them into your itinerary. They use an advanced blockchain settlement engine to pay their vendors instantaneously, based on smart contracts. The settlement process makes the cost of booking cheaper, and it allows tracking of transactions for all of their suppliers. Join Rami in welcoming him to the show. If you have any questions for our guest today, please leave them in the comments section below. Also, if you'd like to get more data on any of our guests, please download the Taking You to the Top app from our website. That being said, we hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome to another episode of Taking You to the Top. In this podcast, Rami spends time speaking with founders and CEOs from across the globe and asks them specific questions to learn exactly how they built and launched their businesses. So sit back, relax, and get ready to learn. Are you ready to take it to the top? All right, Sachin, welcome to episode number 28 of Taking You to the Top. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me, Rami. My, my pleasure. So Sachin, if you wouldn't mind uh, to get us started, if you could introduce yourself and maybe take us back from the beginning, tell us where you're from, where you started your journey, and how that journey led you to founding your company. Absolutely, um, absolutely. So, well, I would start with uh, introducing uh, myself in terms of uh, as a serial entrepreneur, uh, myself, Sachin Narod, I have founded several companies and exited a couple of them. Uh, okay. My first company was in the mango import export. The second was in healthcare. And then I continued my journey for the last couple of years. Currently, I am a CEO and founder of Zenyap, a B2B online travel agency and a decentralized marketplace for um, for travelers and travel agents and suppliers to come and share their inventory and itinerary on our platform. Uh, we, are, sure. we are founded in 2016. Uh, we have grown uh, from 2016 till now uh, until the pandemic hit. A uh, company uh, has headquarters in New York, uh, Singapore, India, uh, and also we're expanding to London. Sure. So uh, if you don't mind, could you tell us more about I mean, the specifics of the company? What are you trying to achieve or what's the main goal? I mean, if I'm a new customer, what am I expecting from your company? Of course. So we are basically B2B decentralized OTA. And, and this jargon might be confusing for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, because a lot of, lot, so it's a very common term used in travel industry. Okay. Um, Basically, what we did, we created a platform for travel agents, uh, travel management companies, uh, and for corporate business companies. So when you sure. go and shop for the travel for your clients, the most important thing is you want to find a better deal, uh, right. cheaper than what is out there in the market. Also, you want to build a perfect itinerary in shortest period of time and give an option to your client uh, to whether to book or not book, right? 
Absolutely. So what Zenyap does is basically we provide a platform where you can book flights, hotels, cars, car rentals, very similar to booking an Expedia, but on a B2B side. So let's okay. say if you sign up with Zenyap, we would be offering you net rate, which is a wholesale rate, which is uh -huh. not available out on a published rate, what you see in the market. You will be able to access that rate. You'll be able to book all your uh, travel related uh, items, which is including flight activities, car rentals, uh, home, if you want to do a Airbnb or something, we're also launching that part of the equation. So uh, right now you're only working with agents. Is there, is there a plan to open this up to individuals to yes. also benefit from this? Yes, yes. So, so let me, let me, I mean, I mean, I would want to go to the, so the, this was a major problem. So building, uh, finding the, uh, wholesale rate, getting commission settled was a big problem for agents. But on our way, we ended up solving so many amazing, uh, I mean, creating so much of convenience for the consumers to book it. Um, uh, pandemic, coronavirus has uh, changed the business model slightly and we are considering to going uh, in a B2C market very soon. We currently have 1,200 businesses sign up wow. in the last okay. four months. That's incredible. I mean, uh, so how, how's the revenue model? Is this a pure SaaS model? Um, so, so let's take a step back a little bit. So the way it's travel industry works is, is uh, layered with multiple, um, I would say, uh, middlemen's, brokers, inventory suppliers, and uh, ticketing agencies, and then Compliance related like IATA and nonprofit uh, organization like ARC who mandate uh, and, uh, and comes in the between a customer to the mm -hmm. final sale. Okay. So what Zeniap has done is basically we um, source the inventory directly from the suppliers. For example, hotels, car rentals and flights. And then we integrated that in a, such a unique way on our platform where we have uh, given a significant advantage in terms of booking that, um, that particular, um, I would say, right to fly or a ticket okay. or a, um, booking in hotel. So um, to come back to your question, can you repeat your question? Sorry, I, I think I lost um, you. In, yeah. I, I was trying to understand how does the revenue model currently work for your existing uh, B2B Right. Client. Right. So we basically sign up all the travel agents. Uh, we have two um, streams of revenue. Uh, we do a, a SaaS model as well as a monthly subscription model for the travel agents. We also have a free tier where they don't have to pay anything. Uh, we make money on the commissions on every booking you make on the site. And it's a very sure. little, somewhere between one to 2%. Uh, and we pass all the commission to the rest of the margin to the agent so that they can mark it up and sell it to their clients. Okay. And how, uh, and the membership uh, model, uh, how much are you charging approximately? So there are two tiers in membership model. Uh, we're basically charging $9.99 and uh, $99 per month, where we give uh, uh, the platform in a various different ways. 
Um, so 999 model gets you a discounted, a further discounted rates on your flights, hotels, car rentals. Uh, but 99.99 will give you much more significant discounted rates as well as uh, a direct support with any cancellation, rescheduling, and also a free uh -huh. insurance. Got it. And so um, what's your company's current team size? We are 14 people. Uh, four of uh, people working from New York, uh, four people working from, uh, sorry, two from Singapore and the rest of the team is in India. India, okay. Perfect. Yeah. So if you don't mind, we'll get into some economics of the company. Um, so is, uh, is the company bootstrapped or did you raise capital? Um, well, <laughs> I, I would want to go back to that journey, you know, maybe that we can sure. find a lot of answers there. Okay. Uh, by trade, I'm a doctor, genetic engineer, um, and then I did MBA in information technology. Uh, when I built my first company, the major challenge I faced was raising the funds. And uh, to overcome that challenge, I had to quickly either find the revenue or, or find a bridging capital, right, to survive right. in the market. What I learned in the process, sometimes you have to spend all your time and energy in raising the funds and, and, and you really lose the goal of your idea or your what you really want to achieve. Okay. So it's like... Sure. Um, think of like you're taking a journey and your journey is from one gas station to other and gas uh -huh. station is basically your funding. So you're not going anywhere. That's not the entire goal of your journey, your journey to get to the destination. Sure. Um, so when we started Xenia, I bootstrapped the company. I had a little bit of money from my first exit. Um, okay. And uh, we continue to grow our revenue where we did not, see the need of raising the funds until at this point. Okay. So, um, if you don't mind, I mean, the, the, the concept of this podcast is yep. to show um, upcoming startup founders that it may not actually be necessary to raise and we shouldn't rush to raise. I mean, could you give us like a, a range of how much you you put into the company to, to get it off the ground? Um, so I personally invested more than half a million dollars when okay. we got it off the ground. First two times we got it wrong. Uh, it was very, um, it was the thing where uh, we had to uh, basically um, spend the money on the competing priorities. And then it was very right. tough to make those decisions because uh, most of the time in startup world, uh, your money gets sucked into the hypothesis or the testing of the the product market fit or sure. if market is there. So Zenyab started out was on a whole different concept in 2016. We wanted to build an app for travel age uh, tour guides and connect them to, it was a B2C concept. I oh. ended up spending a year and a lot of money and then I decided I'm going to dump this idea because there is no way I can have a CAC, the customer acquisition cost matching right. to my lifetime customer value, LTV. Sure. So yes, I spent more than half a million dollars, but I uh, took small uh, steps or I designed the small product market fit experiments within the system and quickly mm -hmm. realized that my goal should be solving major problem, more bigger pain points and uh, 
B2B would be ideal uh, customer who would, who would want this as a solution, as a platform. Um, in the process, I ended up making uh, so many customers as my friends, interviewing okay. them, questioning them, focus group. When I gave them perfect product, uh, I had a focus group of 100 customers, which I felt I should uh, share with audience. Those 100 customers were also my paid customers. And they were the one who took the company from uh, 100 to 1000. They grew the company in six months, 10 times in terms of the user engagement. Um, that user engagement got the company to revenue, which kept us from, uh, from raising funds quickly and diluting the company. Right. Now, uh, we see as a pandemic has, uh, has created the marketplace where it basically the travel industry is dominated by a handful of uh, online travel agencies. And uh, to name a few, as you know, Expedia, Booking, Trip, and a uh, few more. But sure. majority of these two, three companies uh, basically hold, uh, hold most of the, dominate the entire market. Right. What we have done is we have created, um, we have contacted those uh, intermediaries and mm -hmm. built the platform without, um, without using the current system. Okay. That got us another leg to, to directly connect to the agents and give them ultimately. So when we go to the agent and if they're making $100,000 per year as their income, okay. we can say that, hey, you, if you use any up, your income is going to be $120,000. If you don't believe it, give it a shot. Sure. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so our, our spiel was very simple. Uh, not only the platform is the best and convenient for you, which alleviates all your pain, but it also increases your bottom line. Okay. Yeah. So, so I guess, yeah, they, they have to either give it yeah. a shot and see yeah. that they do make that 120, for example. Right. Um, yeah. Which is really interesting. And I, I want to get to that in, in the next, next part. But if you don't mind, um, yeah. going back to what you did spend initially when you bootstrapped the company. Uh, you said you, you, got it, you got it wrong twice. Yes, I got it wrong so, twice. <laughs> so what, what did you find was, if you are was bootstrapping a company, <laughs> yeah, what yeah. would you spend so, it on? Uh, yes, uh, if you want a real good breakdown of that. I would call it a stupid experiment, right? Um, so when okay. Zenyap, I started out Zenyap with an idea that I'll build an uh, Uber-like marketplace where tour guides will sign up an app and they have an app and customers uh -huh. will sign up on our app, uh, they'll download it and uh, they will be able to find tour guides anywhere for anything on a, okay. like, a, like you find your cab. Right. What I saw by the time I built the app, it took me like nine months, spent, uh, around $250,000, including uh, IP, the, the, the creating the apps, building the tech team, uh, right. making sure everything works. Uh, one year I am down the rabbit hole, quarter million is gone, um, frustrated and I was thinking I should raise the funds or I should, I don't know, I didn't know whether it's gonna work. I right. saw their companies, so Mike, there, were, there was a competition in the market. So uh, if you heard uh, Head Out or, or there was another company, what was his name? Um, I'm forgetting, but uh, Peak, 
So this company uh, went out in market and quickly raised hundreds of millions of dollars. Right. And in my head, I'm thinking how a tour or an activity of $35 would be so valuable that where people are spending like raising $100 million. So I did not see uh, economic viability. For right. example, for, for $35 or $50 tour, you're not making more than 5% as a sure. commission. So if you raise a lot of money or very quickly, it's going to be hard for me to sustain in the market. The moment right. I realized I stopped pursuing the idea. Okay. Then I had a very uh, savvy investors on my board. Then we sat down and then we like, hey, all right, what is it? What are all other problems? Then we realized, uh, and I'm going to walk you through an example in travel Please. industry. So sure. now uh, you're in Dubai. And let's say if you are in Dubai and you want to go to London, what would you do in today's world? Or let's say you want to come to New York. What is it that you would do? You jump on. Book yourself a flight ticket from any of the existing suppliers, right. and off you go. Right. So, now for example, you choose Expedia. Right. Just giving you an example. You go on Expedia, look for flight. Da 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 da. Oh, I like American Airways. Boom! I'm gonna right. go to New York. Right. Yeah. Uh, you put your credit card. Payment is done. For you, the booking was instant. Right. Yes. Now, just imagine the moment you hit the confirm or the book button. There are this uh, PayPal or Stripe or whatever those payment gateways. They say, Rami has the money in his account. Let's issue him the ticket. Right. right? Uh, you get your tissue, uh, tickets issued, but uh, Expedia didn't get the money right away. Sure, yes. It, it takes a couple of business days for Expedia to, to get that money. money. Correct. The account is so from, from your bank to their bank. And then there are processes. So let's say it take three days. Short, okay. shortest. In three days, they get their money. Your ticket was $1,000. Now, look at the point. Expedia doesn't own all $1,000. So they don't yeah. have any value from that 100% of the amount. So they take their commission, let's say in this case, 10%. Uh -huh. They keep $100 and then they pass the remaining $900 to the uh, consolidator. Consolidator is the one where they bought this inventory of flight from. Right. right? And consolidator gets the money in, let's say, a couple of more business days. Let's say this transaction was instant. Now, uh -huh. consolidator takes that money, which is $900. Let's say he keeps his commission as 10%. And okay. then he has to pass $810 to, let's say, a direct uh, service provider, which is uh, American Airlines, right? Sure. Now that $810 is going to take another couple of business days, right? So uh -huh. by the time American Airways receives the money, sometimes it's 45 business days. Wow. Okay. And try and understand you paid in dirham. They want it in US dollars. Right. So there is a, a conversion cross somewhere. Correct. Cross-border transaction. Now, mm -hmm. let's say in other case, you pay to um, um, American Airways first. There are still other parties to be settled. Right. right. The consolidator and the OTA. OTA is an Expedia. So the challenge is you might have gone to New York. You might have to um, come back to Dubai. Uh, uh -huh. The thing is for you, everything was done, but the, that one particular transaction is taking so long. So these guys have every 30 days, 15 days. So financial inefficiency in the market delivers the entire 
uh, ticket for far more expensive than what it is. Sure. So if your ticket was $1,000, if you want to cancel or reschedule, they say, you got we got to pay $200, $150. The reason is there are people sitting on that chain waiting for their commission. Correct. Yeah. So what Zaniab does, and I'll tell you how we solve this, and I, I'm just telling you one side of this problem. So what Zaniab does, as soon as Rami books the ticket on the platform, that mm -hmm. money goes in escrow, and okay. it divides the money based on the smart contract. So Expedia cannot claim the money and it doesn't move like waterfall. It just goes agile. So $1,000 gets divided into three parts. $100 goes to Expedia, $90 goes to Consolidator, and $810 goes to American Airways. Boom, done. If it's non-refundable tickets, it gets settled right away. If it's refundable, it stays in your escrow account. And what happens next is if you decide to cancel or reschedule, you never have to pick up the phone and call anybody. You can just simply put cancel button or reschedule. Your money will be in your bank. Exactly. Okay. So um, you mentioned that this would essentially reduce the cost. Yes, absolutely. So, because the, so, the, the, all the parties are getting settled instantly. Working capital has been reduced. And also okay. the cost of account, account reconciliation as well as the customer support is getting reduced. Perfect. Um, so now that you figured that out, yeah. and you've gone down the B2B road, um, you said you were thinking possibly that it's time to raise? Oh, sorry. Um, I didn't get your question, Rami. Sorry, please. Yeah, um, I, I mentioned that now that you figured out that you shouldn't go down the tour guide road and that you should go down the B2B road, Yes. Uh, you said that potentially you are now ready to raise? Yes. Because we you figured that out. We figured that out. Not only figured that out, we tested it in the market. Exactly. At this point, we have a major clients, including we are having conversation with, uh, I wouldn't name them until the deals are sealed, but think about the larger airline here in the United States, a right. larger supplier and consolidator looking to either license our product or be part of our platform. Uh, we are raising capital. We're right now raising $2 million uh, on a convertible note. Um, uh -huh. And uh, we are starting our round uh, in, in early September. Okay, perfect. So that actually covered the raising capital questions. <laughs> so, yes. Um, yes. Uh, well, one thing I would want to say, we, we are in revenue company. The moment we launched our platform, we were doing $3,000 to $5,000 per day bookings. Ah, okay. Because all these thousand agents are already using the platform. So right, um, right. the need of raising the amount is based on uh, survival and a scale. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that's usually what I hear. I mean, I hope to hear that it's for scaling purposes and not other things. Yes. Um, so this next section is for those just starting out. Yeah. They're just launching a company and usually the biggest struggle is how do I get my first customers? So how did you get your first customers? No, it's, it's a very, very interesting uh, uh, thought I have on my first customer or how anyone should get the first customer. Perfect. Um, so it's always a chicken and egg situation. Think about stories like ZogDog or ClassPass or, um, uh -huh. or Slack. You know, it's not that 
uh, always you you easily get your first customer and sometimes they get first hundred customer and then the, the idea never translates so you exactly. want to make sure that stickiness is very very important so exactly. for me it was far more easier i onboarded the veterans in the industry who already had a contact who would pick up the phone and have some guys line up to try what i'm trying to do for them sure so it was more of a, a kind introduction by friends and the peers in the industry the second way i would say if you don't have any of that i would Perfect. say pick up the phone create a list and start calling the people and okay. ask them that would you like to try or give an early access and a lot of people would say no but one or two would say yes and you right. I wouldn't say don't go on scaling and spending tons of money unless you have your first customer. Sure. I mean, uh, did, so you didn't have to actually do that, but did, have you done that in other companies you were a part of? Yes. The, yes. Pretty before much. this yeah. company? Yes. Yes. Um, for uh, my Sovagen uh, Health Sciences, I did. I picked up the phone. I created the list of the people. I would go. I would email, phone call. Uh, LinkedIn them, message them. Uh, I will ask for introductions if they are not interested, their friends are interested. So it was kind of a hustle, man. It's um, um, anybody who says they don't have their first customer, either their idea or product is completely wrong or they don't know what they're doing. Um, it's, it's getting into the woods and solving that puzzle. Absolutely. And uh, what would you say currently is your top marketing channel i do not spend a dime on facebook or google ads wow so word word of mouth dime yeah so what i realized and, and i wrote a fantastic article about how this uh, entire online industry e-commerce to anything all the uh -huh. startups are spending tons so think about it internet came in everything online came in and everyone's like oh this is awesome they're removing the middleman Right. right, but it it never happened. The middleman is replaced by Google, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, whatever you want to call it. So I sure. feel like these giants are eating the traffic to serve their own profits, put their money in their pockets. So and also it's it it wasn't for me. I did not felt it right to uh, make use of my money. I realized in my first mistake that if I have to acquire customers and if I have to want a big bang of my money, I want a network effect. Right. And that network effect would come when you serve first hundred, they're going to go. So what we did, we had a direct sales team. We created a database of our potential customers. We picked uh -huh. up the phone. We visited their office. We spent our time. We asked for their time. Sure. Perfect. So, uh, Sachin, if you don't mind, we can uh, wrap up with the famous five. Yep. Perfect. Um, number one, what's your favorite business book? Oh, I like uh, my business book. If you want to, there are a couple of uh, business books I love, but uh -huh. my favorite one, okay, well, this is always a tricky for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one of my friends wrote a book called Are You Fundable by Alan Brody. You can find it on Amazon. I love that. It's a very simple book for anybody who's starting it out. And okay. I also wrote a book on um, uh, called Survive and Thrive. Survive and Thrive. And I'm currently working on the third one, a uh, second one. Oh, wow, second one. 
yeah, second one called Game of Infinity. Well, we'll definitely have to add that to the list once, yes, uh, yes. once it's out. <laughs> all those um, small, small use cases, all those uh, uh, pain points uh, in taking a startup when nobody believes you or anyone, you have to believe yourself not to convince uh, like a madman, but uh, you have to be crazy enough to take those challenges and convince people that this is the right direction. True. Yeah. Um, number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Um, I would say um, I go by um, a very straightforward method in my life. Uh -huh. I study and follow CEOs from different companies. Um, uh, I used to love Steve Jobs talking. I love Gary Vee. Uh, uh -huh. you know, I love his podcast. I also listen very ceremoniously uh, how I built this by Guy Raz. Um, yeah. Most fascinating CEO for me was the Dyson uh, CEO, you know. Dyson. Yeah. Dyson Company. Have you heard of them? Yeah, yeah. I have. Yeah. Perfect. Um, number three, what's your favorite online tool for growing your business? Oh, okay. Online tool. <laughs> We're getting there, right? I think uh, my favorite online tool would be, um, hmm, very interesting. It's a tough one. Oh, uh, yeah, because I hate all of them. <laughs> <laughs> they suck your money out of your, uh, your especially the startups <laughs> don't spend money. Uh, and I highly advise because you're paying this Google tax, Facebook tax, and uh -huh. don't even get into that funnel shit. Um, yeah, yeah. Know your customers well. Get your audience into niche. Talk to them. Get them to talk about you. That's how you go about it. Online tool, I would say, uh, WhatsApp, or I would say, just get on a podcast like yourself and explain exactly. yourself. Share it with people. Let them hear your story. Let them where you're coming from. Okay. Still, I um, would give LinkedIn as LinkedIn as one of my tool. Like I like it. I mean, LinkedIn seems to be the most popular so far to who I've spoken that's, to on this show. That's great. Amazing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Number four, uh, if you could give your 20 year old self a piece of advice, what would it be? Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes, I would give this advice to myself. It would be start early uh, in startup world, uh, make many more mistakes. And I think uh, first five years I would spend uh, slogging in any startup. I'll just, I would love to follow someone else's vision and learn from them. If, if I ever want to be an entrepreneur, I would, first thing is I would take an internship with a an startup and, and just work my way up to understand how this thing works. If I would have started early, I would have taken many more risks than what I, I have taken now. Uh -huh. uh, I'm a very risk taking person. I wouldn't say a risk, more of a calculated judgment. Right. I understand the problem and solution piece, and I, I have a great understanding of product market fee, uh, fit. Um, so, if you could you could put yourself in this in the, on the spectrum of learning curve, you want to get to a startup which is already in the works, and you just get in there and learn. That's that advice I'll give it to myself. Sure. That's probably the fastest learn, way to learn. Learn from all their successes or failures or whatever that is. <laughs> sure. Um, number five, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? 
I love sleep, man. <laughs> so my first product was in sleep medicine. Um, but yes, I take a good amount of sleep, eight hours. Um, but sometimes if there is a lot of work, I uh, bring it down to six hours. But I never go down Lower below than six that. hours. I always take sleep. I sleep is the most important factor keeping my mental health and my focus and my attention to my products. Absolutely. All and right, I, do, I allow all <laughs> Yes. Sorry. Yes. You were saying? <laughs> no, I love all of my team members to have enough rest so that okay. they don't feel worked out. Yeah. Got it. All right, Sachin. Uh, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been a pleasure uh, chatting with you. And I hope maybe a year from now we could have a follow up call to see where you've grown. Absolutely. Thank you very much for having me, Rami. Uh, wish you good luck with the podcast. I'll share the link once it's ready. Uh, Perfect. Do send me what, whatever you would want to stay in touch. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. And if any, any of your viewers have any questions, feel, please feel free to email me or share my LinkedIn or Twitter address. I will do. Thanks for watching today's episode. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on any of the available podcast platforms so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. If you have an extra minute, leaving a review would help us grow.